We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot. Welcome to Music Town. My service you? Great Scott! It'll never be enough! I only want to hear Yaya Ding Dong! Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. Hello, you're listening to You Watch What? I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. We're sisters. We watch movies. And this week we watched What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yes, it's a classic from 1993. How are you, Amy? I'm good, thanks. We're coming to you from lockdown number six in Melbourne, which I actually think should be called lockdown 5.2. Because I don't actually believe that we ever left lockdown five. A week out of lockdown isn't long enough to to it, say that you're starting a whole new lockdown. Personally, when I still couldn't go and visit my mum in her house, I know you experienced something slightly different. You were you felt a little bit more out of lockdown than I did. I guess I have some great friends, and we seized the moment and went and did a cheese focused high tea which was Mm. amazing um and then we went to the cinema so I've been to the cinema two whole times this year wow and I that's two more times than I've been in the past two years the first movie I saw this year in the cinema was a a Danish language Oscar winner and the second very highbrow was Jungle Cruise very highbrow, and then I went Jungle Cruise with The Rock. Yeah, well, The the Rock is And that was great. how it was sold to me. It was like, Kate, it's The Rock. I'm like, it is The Rock. What's cooking? The Rock is cooking. And also, Emily, I mean, Emily Blunt. Mm. I'm a big I, – I always enjoy Emily Blunt. Best part is I do enjoy The Jungle Cruise because I am a Disney basic bitch. I – like the really simple, you know, kids rides. And I do really love Jungle Cruise. You've been and on Jungle do, Cruise? I have been yeah, on Jungle Cruise. me too. Uh, they have it, yeah, in Hong Kong. Okay. That's where I did it most recently. And they do replicate at the start, pretty early in the movie. Well, we get a a library ladder sequence with Emily Blunt's character, which is very The Mummy. Yeah. And then we do get a Jungle Cruise sequence with The Rock where he does all of the kind of puns and gives you that whole good, experience that, good. that you get on the I ride. really love going on the Jungle Cruise because I think the, the script yeah. that they've got is is great. <laughs> the, I, joke, look, the basic jokes that they crack, fantastic. It's all you want in Disneyland while you've got your ears on. I just want some silly puns. I just want to... Go in, buy some ears, hear some silly puns. Maybe, you know, my shoes will get wet, but it's not too bad. And it's that's just a, a very fun, chill, simple ride. And I'm glad that they gave us the, the, the Jungle Cruise experience. I've been watching lots of Olympics. I got really into the um, the sport climbing. Oh, me too. I've, oh, How good so was good. that? I haven't watched any of the men's, but I've watched the women. Um, I was less amazing. The men's was great, 
But I just got really invested in the women's in a in a way that I didn't mm. with the men's. And the women's competition was great. We watched a lot of so the good. speed climbing and then last night I sat down and I watched all the actual, like where it's the three events combined. Yeah. The speed, they just look like spiders going up the wall. It's amazing. And they're all it's beautiful. Oh, these. I've got to send you a what TikTok. What is going about on? That. I think I've seen it. I think my husband sent it to me. Like, what is, what are they drinking? I think was the TikTok. I don't that know. I saw. But they are all. all it was a different one, but they're beautiful. They're all gorgeous. It's like a prerequisite. The men were. Fine. I didn't see any the of the men. I only saw – and I only went back to watch the other events because I'd seen a TikTok where someone said the best part of the Olympics has been watching um, the rock climbers get together and bounce ideas off each other. Yes, When they all so stand cool. there and be like, oh, well, what if you do this and then we go this. Oh, I thought that was – And everyone – I love it, so the collaborativeness. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. it was really exciting toward the end when the Slovenian competitor – the commentators knew she'd won gold and she's just sitting on like a couch watching the rest of the competition and she doesn't know. You can tell she doesn't know because a little bit later she starts freaking out and they're like, yep, she's worked it out now. And then they all started hugging and crying and so all of the medalists were hugging and crying and then the gold medalist went over and she's hugging her coach and he's crying and I just, I love the raw emotions of the Olympics. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I agree. I watched the Javelin final the other night, which was really exciting. Um, had mm. the Australian girl, Kelsey Lee Barber yeah. in it. Oh, and we, we just call her the girl from the beef ad because of that she's in the beef <laughs> ad at the moment. But awesome. She did so well. And the yeah. um, decathlon guys, I loved watching them yes. too. Oh, sorry. I was just going to tell a grandma story. Yeah, go. You, you know when she used to um, – she used to do adjudicating with athletics when mm-hmm. our auntie was a runner. Mm-hmm. One time she almost got javelined. I think she may. I've, I remember the story that she did get javelined in her shoulder, but maybe that's just me adding oh. to the story. <laughs> because I, I, I watched the javelin. Might have elaborated. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or maybe she's elaborated to me at some stage. Maybe. Because I watch the javelin and just be like, oh, they're running so – like because they rush in as it's landing and you just think, Jesus. Yeah, and with um, the shot put and with the discus as well. I know. Like they're really just kind of like throwing themselves at an extremely dangerous weapon. I do love those sports because I really do feel like these are a throwback to like full-on hunter-gatherer times. These are useful skills. You you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know if we'll ever need to be javelining food again. Well, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> the state of the world. Know. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, shit might get real. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I've just been watching the Olympics pretty much. I haven't watched any new TV series or anything like that. Although we did last night watch Twilight um, because I think it's been put on Netflix. but And so it's been kind of everywhere on TikTok and Mm. everyone's kind of talking about Twilight, but I think we actually watched it on Binge. So it's in a few places, I think. But so yeah. if you haven't seen it yet, guys, it's there's no reason not to. Yeah, I know. Except Ooh. that, I mean, it's Twilight. You don't have to do that to yourself if you don't want to. Oh, Twilight's pretty great. The um, I was watching it with my kids and it was really funny because they were asking me questions like, 
what's going to happen further on and does she turn into a vampire? What, what's happening and, and like what movie they know is that sequels. happening and da-da-da. And I'm like, oh, guys, you've got to remember, I've seen Twilight, this particular movie, maybe 50, 100,000 billion times. <laughs> I've seen the next movie maybe three times and then the other movies once. <laughs> like that's kind of how it works yes. with – um like series for me, like even with Harry Potter, the first two movies, I know back to front, but then after that, the rest, yeah, haven't really, yeah, don't know too much about. So yeah, I, I, I was a bit kind of like, oh, I don't know. And then the younger one's going to me, well, she's got to turn into vampire because she really wants to be sparkly. <laughs> I was like, yes, she does really want to be sparkly. It's true. <laughs> who, who wouldn't want to be sparkly? But we also, I also made the realization that my husband's just morphed into Charlie. <laughs> so he has. Oh, yeah, he's got the mustache and everything. I know. Well, I think it's a, it's like a real thing at the moment. Like, were you Team Jacob or Team Edward? And now we're all grown up. We're all Team Charlie now because he's he's the real stud of Twilight <laughs> when you're a millennial. <laughs> no, that's it though. You age out, and suddenly the boys look boys yeah and they're a bit like so you go back to watching you go to watch Buffy and you're like "Mm, Giles yeah what's that about yeah what's good we got our tastes have (laughs) have evolved yeah it's age appropriate we're like we're we're developing as people and we're getting older and we're behaving appropriately it's all good we're looking at the dad figures going "Hmm, mm." Mm. he was but he was a bit before his time with his mustache though too yeah, they weren't fashionable then. When no, that movie he looked came out really in a way daggy. That they are now. Yeah, he's hot. I think they Charlie. thought we need we need to nerf this hot guy. Let's just slap a mustache on him. Problem is now in twenty twenty one doesn't work at all. It's all about the mustaches. Although for me personally, he looks a bit too much like your husband <laughs> for me to really go there. Because your husband's like my little brother. Mm. Just, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember telling me this story? about your middle child having seen Twilight and being confused because Robert Pattinson dies in a Harry Potter and she wanted to know did he make Twilight first because she didn't understand that that Harry Potter isn't a snuff movie (laughs) and that when Cedric Diggory dies, Robert Pattinson didn't actually die. It was just acting. She often has to clarify when we're watching movies and if something happens, did that really happen to them or – are they just pretending? She gets really into it and, and I think she the lines are really blurred for her as to what's real or what's real. Yeah. So but even watching it last night, she because she's a bit useless with names and <laughs> and the eldest Aren't was saying all? stuff like, Oh yeah, Edward, that's that's gonna be Edward and da 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 and she'd be like, Oh, can you just call him Cedric Diggory? It's too confusing. So <laughs> So he, he got called Cedric Diggory last night for a lot of the movie. They also both told me they're team Jacob, which I was a bit betrayed by because I was always team Edward. Um, but then at the very end when Jacob came on screen, <laughs> the middle one says to me, who's that? I'm like, that's Jacob. You're apparently team Jacob. What, what, what are you doing? She goes, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this week we delved back into a high school 
favourite of ours, I guess, or it was one that I think you studied when you were in year 11 and then I studied a few years later when I was in year 12. Um, Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen this again since year 12. We are talking about What's Eating Gilbert Grape. 1993. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it actually was only came a few out. years old. It was quite recent when we saw it yeah, as Yeah, well, students. it came out when I was in grade six and then I saw it when I was in year 12. So that's actually yeah. not that long in the scheme of like from 93 when it came out to 99 when I was in year 12. But in that time, mm. when you think of, well, it came out when I was in grade six and then I watched it when I was in year 12, it sounds so much further apart than it actually is, I guess. Yeah, you, you you as a person have gone through a lot of development. But yeah, yeah, it came out in 93 and I was studying it in 96, so it was quite, it was very contemporary. And I do remember watching it several times mm. and then, yeah, hadn't seen it again until last night. And, oh, it all came flooding back. Yeah, I well, wonder, most of like, it came flooding back. I wonder for you, because for me, I could recite lines mm-hmm. like 20 yeah. years later. I, I still could res- recite lines from it gas as they were happening. The, what was it? Match, Match in, in the, the gas, gas tank. tank. Boom, boom. Yeah, just it, there were so many moments in it where my reaction was, I can't believe I forgot this. I can't believe I haven't thought about this in over 20 years. It So much of it just came flooding back. Some of it I had forgotten. And so quite early in the film I had the moment of, Crispin Glover and also John C. C. Riley. I know. I completely forgotten that they were in it and I'd forgotten about his friends. I kind of in my head knew about Johnny Depp. Um, I I remembered um, Juliette Lewis. I remember Leonardo DiCaprio. I remembered his sisters, um, obviously, Mm. and and the mama. But, yeah, I'd forgotten his friends. John C. Riley is one of those people who seems to do a lot of his ageing very early in life and then doesn't yeah. appear to have aged very much at all. Like he was craggy and old looking probably at 20. I didn't check how old he was in this movie, but it's like it's like he did all of his ageing like really young and then has just coasted on looking basically the same for the, yes. for the last 30 years. Good for him. Yeah. And I kind of... He's really good. When I saw him in this, I kind of was a bit like, oh, I forgot that he did stuff like this and wasn't just always Mm. like that comedy guy. Crispin Glover as well is one that Mm. I always... He's a a tricky one for me because of Back to the Future. So I always forget that he's actually not as old as he is in my mind. Because in Back to the Future, he plays the dad. But... yeah. He's the same age as, as you know, Marty yeah. McFly in reality. Like, as they were all about the same age, I would say, all those actors. Um, yeah, and I have the same problem with Leah Thompson, who played the mum, where yeah. every time I see her, I'm like, oh, she's so young. And no, that's just because they aged them up for three scenes and it totally worked on my brain I know, every time. it messes me around when I see him and I'm like, oh, he's the same age as Johnny Depp or around the same age as Johnny Depp. But Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah. Johnny Depp was about 30 when they filmed this and Juliette Lewis was about, would have been about 20. This is Mm. peak. (laughs) Mm. So I'm like immediately, is that how old the characters are? Because I'm not into that. 
This was yeah, 1993 peak Juliette Lewis. She had so many hits around about this time. Yes. She was amazing. So she did California. Natural Born Killers was a couple years later. She, she was in um, the Martin Scorsese Cape Fear remake was a couple years before this. The early – it's not that Juliette Lewis hasn't been around forever at making great movies, but the early 90s was just Juliette Lewis everywhere all the time. She yeah. just – hit the scene running, she was dating Brad Pitt. It was it was a time. Yeah, well and she dated and she's lovely Johnny Depp after this as well for a yeah. a short period. A little bit. Yeah. Probably more, the best way to date Johnny Depp, a short period. <laughs> or not at all. That or not at all. <laughs> but I thought she was lovely in this. She had and it was a great nineties look. Like I loved her out I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure yeah. I loved them at the time when I was seeing this um, as she was like too. extra nineties in in this. Oh yeah, though. like her outfits were even like full on, Extremely. like not even yeah, not mainstream nineties, like indie girl nineties. No. Something else I noticed was that people's teeth are fine, but this is before everyone had like fully capped perfect Hollywood teeth. I definitely noticed Johnny Depp's teeth. I know those teeth really bother me, like the 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 full perfect white 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 really bothers me. Like it doesn't look, it looks it looks looks like when someone gets their lips done. No one can actually get your lips done well. I don't think, or very very few do you see that can kind of you always can tell. I I feel anyway. I think that's it. It doesn't look natural, and so if it's the look you're going for, great. You're getting what you want. Yeah, go for it. Do what you want. But lips is not one of those cosmetic surgeries that you can do that then it just looks subtle and natural. And mm, the teeth are the same. Yes. It's like, look, I guess that's the beauty standard that we've got now. But it's really interesting. This is something I hope we can pinpoint <laughs> through making this podcast is what's the point? Where was the tipping point? Because clearly in the early 90s, people were still their normal Good teeth were fine because you can see Johnny yeah. Depp's teeth are totally fine in this, but it's not that perfectly, ridiculously even crowned, capped teeth. Yes, yeah, smooth, yeah. Um, bright white. Where everyone has like Hollywood white. The same teeth, yeah. But it also, I feel it makes people look like they've got little overbites happening now as well. Like they look a bit too full on. But look, if you love it, and that's sort of what you want to go for. Go for your life. Who are, who are we to judge? And I think also part of the problem now is it doesn't – if you're in Hollywood, if you're in that system, it doesn't matter if you want to look like that or not. If you don't look like that – You don't get the roles. You are pigeonholed into particular kind of roles. Yeah. There's, there's certain things you can do. And if you want a chance, you're going to have to do it. And that's what I really don't like about it. It's like it's it's – if you want to get your lips done, like go for it. If you have to get your lips done in order to get work, that's messed up. Yeah. And I don't like that. I feel boobs job, get your boob teeth jobs done. were that was boob jobs in the eighties. Before teeth and lips and stuff in the eighties, I think it would have kind been of. you needed to have the boobs. Why is Johnny Depp a ginger in this? Yeah. And is that supposed to be – is that Gilbert's natural colour? I don't it's, know. It's it's a nice colour. It's a really nice copper. But no one else in his family yeah. is ginger. But we don't know what his dad looks like. So potentially True. his dad was ginger. But I was thinking about it. It was This was around the time that – is this when he did like Bonnie and June as well? 
And I feel like he had that kind of hairdo for that as well. What's Eating Gilbert Grape is a, based on a book which I haven't read. I wonder if... Maybe oh, look, he's a red maybe, head, isn't yeah, it? Maybe it's an artistic choice. Maybe it's a reference to the book that then just doesn't come up in the movie. Look, it is a nice mm. colour. I just got kind of distracted this time by, is he a ginger? Why? Yeah. So... We start this lovely movie here in Crickets and we see that Arnie, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is 17. He's about to turn 18 and he's there waiting with his brother Gilbert to watch the camper vans drive through the town. Mm -hmm. The first kind of five minutes is you get a lot of information in that first five minutes of the movie where Gilbert's narrating. So he explain pretty much explains the family and you get a, a good view, I would say, of the family dynamics. Mm. You know, there's his his older sister Amy who um, takes care of all the cooking. It's kind of questionable whether she's actually a good cook or not because she seems that there's kind of – they allude to the fact that she may have burnt down the elementary school canteen. It doesn't seem um, like on purpose but it's not great, no. Yeah, and then there's um, Alan who seems to be the youngest sister who's 15 and a full-blown teenager and I really feel for Alan in this yes. movie. Like Loved I her. really, really feel for her. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of get to really find out about um, the family and we find out that the dad's no longer around. At this stage we don't really – we kind of – it's – kind of suggested when someone says since I have to look after the house since my dad was hung out to dry yeah which is so you kind of get the vibe that yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a happy ending for his father no then we get a real introduction to Arnie who is at the letterbox with a grasshopper and he cuts the grasshopper's head off. I mean, we don't see and, and it, but yes. You, you, you can't, you know what's going on. And he laughs and laughs and thinks it's hilarious. And then the next scene, he's crying hysterically because he's killed the grasshopper. Yeah. And this is when you kind of get a real sense that Arnie has a disability. It's never really gone into what his disability is. No, they never actually give us a, a name or a diagnosis. We just get to see his behaviour and we're told mm. the doctor said we'd be lucky if he made it to 10 and now they say you could go at any time. And what we see yeah. is a young man who is probably never going to really be able to care for himself. Mm -hmm. But there is absolutely no reason that without care and support, he won't live a long life. No. I would... I would be as bold to say that he's on the spectrum probably on the it seems spectrum most likely at, um i think back then in reality like in the 80s and 70s it was a thing that well they won't live very long yeah that's what you were told you need to put them in a home they're gonna probably die and it's just crazy where we are now to not be for it not to be like that anymore and there to be a real understanding that it's a spectrum and that there's so many great therapies out there and, yeah, it's, it was really, yeah, it's interesting 
to hear that they were told, yeah, he'll he won't live past ten. It's sort of horrifying, but also not surprising. Yeah. No, it's not surprising. It's sort of horrifying to think that did the idea that people with intellectual disabilities or with autism wouldn't live long because historically or in recent history they were just neglected and that's why they didn't live a long time is people just didn't yeah probably care for them well uh, enough yeah or they were told that they needed to put them in homes yeah and then once they're in homes their quality of life wouldn't be great and so they probably did die younger yeah just not get adequate care god that's so awful like that's just it is awful it is awful uh on a really personal level, we're actually going through um, the process at the moment of having testing and assessing done for one of our daughters for autism. And so watching this, it kind of – look, and she's nowhere near um, in the need of support that, that this character yeah. needed at all. Um, but she does need extra support with things. Yeah. Um, so it's just mortifying to think of how kids with disabilities and all sorts of disabilities were kind of looked at and treated back then and probably still are like, yeah, it's, it's really was, it really kind of hit home watching this again. We've come a long way with understanding autism and other neurodivergencies in the Mm. almost 30 years since this movie came out. And something I notice is the more I learn, and it's not an area where I would consider myself to have any expertise at all, but just the more I learn, the more I think, ooh, we, we do still have a way to go in yeah. learning and just in, in social acceptance. Well, yeah, and definitely, and, and just even being aware of what symptoms and things are. And I think mm. that's why there are so many more people um, getting their children diagnosed much earlier than yeah you may have or at all because, you know, there's so many adults now getting themselves diagnosed with autism yep. and, and even ADHD. And I look at all the symptoms for ADHD now and just think – and it explains my whole life to me basically. But I just don't have – with going through um, – testing with my daughter and other things. I don't have the energy right now to go down that route with me, but I, I'm like 90% sure that if I did go down the route of getting tested for ADHD, I would, it would come back that I've got it. Like mm. I mopped half the floor yesterday and then <coughs> stopped and started weeding the garden. Like that's not, that's not normal. <laughs> that was like me mopping. And then I did, did half of the kitchen and then went, Oh, I really should go and because I saw the weeds on the outside from my laundry window and went, I really need to go and weed them. So I put the mop down and went outside and weeded my the side yep. of my garden. Like, hello. <laughs> um, my daughter did ask me while I was watching this. She's like, what's the name of this? And it's What's Eating Gilbert Grape? And she's like, he gets eaten. <laughs> Like, no, that would be a totally different type of movie if he got yes. eaten. <laughs> That's about what's eating him up inside, like all these emotions. She was like, oh, okay. Metaphorical <laughs> cool. eating. <laughs> oh, that's great. I Okay, so John C. Riley popping up had forgotten 
Loved it. The part where he's talking about Burger Barn, which I'd forgotten about. Was canola the oil passion. cutting? The passion. Was canola oil cutting edge in the early 90s? Like, Well, I feel, because I remember the late 80s, which is probably yeah. when this is written in reality. Because, you know, mm. the movie comes out in the early 90s. So in reality, it's in production through the 80s, really, wouldn't it be? Yeah, and I don't know how old Most things were in the book either. Yeah. So, and I, my memory from the 80s is when, like, our mum got, like, a health food book. Do you remember she got this, like, booklet from, I think, Choice Magazine? Yes. And all of a sudden we were only allowed to eat brown bread. And, and nothing with, we- <laughs> with, it was all about food additives and what they yeah. were doing. And you could, we suddenly weren't allowed to eat anything with particular color ingredients because they were making us crazy and like that that's not true was it it was colorings there was a lot of stuff about food colorings making you hyperactive and red cordial sending children feral yeah that's true my kids now they can't even control themselves after having a little bit of ice cream they're off their heads so i think gilbert seems pretty unhappy he seems yeah well, he doesn't like his town. It's pretty obvious that he doesn't like Andorra. He doesn't like living there. There's nothing to do there. He works at the local grocery store that's kind of businesses dropped off because there's a food – what's it called? Food – I keep wanting to call it food way because that's – Yeah. Food, food – Foodland. Foodland. I keep wanting to say food way because that was the name of where I worked as a teenager around this time. Um yeah, food land that's opened up on the interstate and he, yeah, so, yeah, it's a bit, his life nothing boring. to do. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's, he seems to be the main caregiver of Arnie. Like he ha- literally has to take Arnie to the grocery store to work with him. Yeah. And Arnie just kind of hangs around while he's working. So his life is pretty, pretty sad for, I would say that he's, it is. So Arnie's 18 and then I would say that Gilbert, there's another brother in there that's managed to escape, but I'd say that Gilbert's probably early 20s pinned at kind of. I think I think that's the vibe I got, yeah. So while he's at work, um, we find out about Mrs. Carver who needs to have a delivery done. So it's all bagged up and off Gilbert goes. Um, to Mrs. Carver's house for this delivery. Yeah, so where we meet Betty, played by Mary Steenbergen. Um, and it's pretty obvious that something's going on there pretty pretty early, the way she's like, mm-hmm. boys, to her sons, boys, get outside, go and play, get outside. Um, yeah, they're totes having an affair. Yes. <laughs> Her husband arrives home and gets on the um, trampoline and starts just like his head just starts popping up into view and so they almost get caught. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure the husband knows what's going on. What are your thoughts? We don't see – look, we don't see a lot of him, but, yeah, he seems to – he's an insurance salesman. He seems to be – he keeps asking Gilbert to come by his office mm. and Gilbert and his friends think he's gonna, Gilbert is going to get murdered by this um, mm. angry, cuckolded husband. When that happens, it does seem that 
um, Mr. Carver is just trying to sell him insurance because he has no yeah. coverage. Um, and then spoiler alert, he drops dead pretty quickly after mm. that. Yeah. So I feel like he he definitely does seem to know that his wife is unhappy and is not really capable of doing anything about it. Mm. Also, well, the, yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's a pretty sad looking town and house that they like. He seems to be like a big businessman in town. Yet, you know, his house is pretty modest. Um, there's dried up weeds all through the the garden so this is not a town that has a lot of money in it at all no no one's wealthy you can see why john c riley's character tucker is so excited about the career path that burger barn offers yeah he's like i'm gonna be there flipping burgers and salting some fries and he's like super excited by that and he talks about how 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 that works so he'll start out doing that but you can work your way up through management and mm. he's pretty pumped at having an opportunity to actually have a career path yeah yeah it's yeah it's a, it's a sad sad town so arnie then takes off this is like the first time we kind of see that arnie like has done a runner and is climbing the town. Is it a water tank? It's a or water it's tower. Kind of... Yeah, it's a water okay. tower. And this is where yeah, so he, he's climbing it and it's so high. So He loves climbing up. So there's a bunch of um, – one of the reasons I think this is a great movie to have teenagers analysing as part of um, – as, as a film text is because the symbolism is really pretty strong and it kind of hits you over the head with the symbolism. And I think that's great because in my literature class, it when we were pointed towards some of the symbolism by our teacher and then started picking up on it, we felt like we had invented film analysis. We thought we were so <laughs> smart. Uh, there's a lot of fire and water symbolism and a lot of um, going high and going low. And Yes. And Arnie likes to climb things. He loves climbing trees. He loves climbing this water tower. And then later Mm. we have a lot of water symbolism around Arnie particularly. And then there's a lot of bits where fire symbolically comes up. Maybe that's what the red hair's for. He's a fiery character. I don't know. We had an exam on this subject. Um, It it was was, going to be covered under – we had to write an exam, uh, an essay under exam – conditions and so a few of us had rewatched it leading up to that and I think it was my friend Jess came into the class and announced to us all that in rewatching she had noticed that the pinball machine that Arnie's playing when Gilbert is catching up with all his friends the pinball machine is called fire and when you score wow. it yells fire we lost our damn minds we were like this film is everything this is amazing mm. all of the symbolism we just were it was it was very cool. This this studying this in this way really was a bit of a pathway for me into actually doing more cinema subjects at yeah. university and really getting into that side of looking for symbolism in movies and, yeah, and, and it's looking not just at that your language. Basic film. Everything everything has is done with a purpose yes. in this film. Yeah. To to teach us something about these characters. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just that concept, the, the the concept that you could do that with a movie, that maybe a water tower wasn't just a water tower and maybe, you know, a fire wasn't just a fire was like, it blew, it blew mm. our minds. It blew our minds. It was very exciting. Yeah, I can imagine. So when they get Arnie down from the tower, the police are there, like everybody's there. And this is kind of the first time we we see Juliette Lewis, I think, or one of the first times where yeah. her grandma, Nana, is um, there. Car- they've, cu- they've come through in the caravans, but the car's broken down. So they're kind of stuck there. And she's at the mechanic's. I'm um, trying to order in a part so she can fix the car. So go Nana. Mm. Um, and Juliet Lewis's character, Becky, kind of sees the commotion and rides over on her bike to watch what's going on. And you can see the whole town has yes. congregated. John C. Riley is there, Tucker. Um, and I think it's Bob, Bobby, is that his name? Crispin Glover's character. I can't even remember and I didn't write it down. And But Creepy Mortician is just the perfect casting for Crispin Glover. <laughs> I know, he does do well being creepy. I oh still love goodness, him. Oh, my goodness, he really – He's so good. Um, so everyone is there and, like and, – and, you know, Tucker's like, oh, here we go again. And so, you know, this isn't – this is mm. a common kind of thing. Yep. And they finally get him down and Gilbert's saying to the police, oh, it won't happen again, it won't happen again, and makes Arnie say, no, it won't happen again. They're like, you say that every time. And then the minute they start walking uh, off, Arnie's like, I want to go back up there. And I, just, <laughs> I love that part because it's yeah. just so – it's just so typical of like a small child or someone of his disability um, would do. Like, yeah, I'm going to repeat and say what you want me to say, but now I'm going to actually tell you what I want to happen. <laughs> yeah, he's very so. honest. Like, it, like a child, he tells you what he wants. You know, he wants to. Yeah, he, he wants to climb. He likes to get up. He loves playing a game um, where he's the where's Arnie not very effectively hiding in a tree um, and everyone has to go look looking for him while he's hiding in the tree yeah. and it's quite sweet. Yeah, yeah he's, he is. It's very, very sweet. Okay, so then we kind of get back a little bit more into um, we need to talk a bit about mama now because <sighs> yeah. we, we kind of really start to get to meet mama now and mama is extremely obese she hasn't left the house in over seven years i think it's stated at some point in time yeah um she basically is kind of i think her the bedroom has been moved downstairs she basically just lives in the living room and at dinner time they have to move the kitchen table from the kitchen out to the couch so they like pick up the table with all the food on it and move it to the couch so she can just sit on the couch yep um they never say agoraphobia but my guess would be yeah she has become shut into the house and and won't go out and she seems addicted to tv there's a bit where she's fallen asleep on the couch which yeah seems to be her bed and gilbert's turning the tv off and it kind of wakes her up again and then and that's it. She's just she's on the couch with the TV, and that's become her whole. That's world. her life. Yeah, yeah. And and her children have become caregivers for her and for the other children. Yeah, like she she's incapable of looking after her kids 
now. You know, you've got Amy that's doing all the the um, cooking and housework, and then Gilbert's doing all the caring of of Arnie, Arnie and home maintenance. It's really, yeah, it's really sad. But it's a really you you get a real sense of the resentment that Gilbert feels towards her yeah. here as well, where. Um, Tucker's come over to fix something in the electrical box because he seems to be your go-to handyman. And there's a bunch of kids that have come up on their bikes and they're talking about the house. And Gilbert kind of like looks at one and says, yeah, come on, come over, come over, like gestures for him to come over and lifts the kid up so he gets a look at mama. Mm. And then he puts him down and he runs off and he goes, I saw her, I saw her. And Tucker's really like, oh, man, that's your mom. And he just kind of laughs and says, yeah, that's my mom. Yeah. He's quite mean about his mother at this point in the movie. He says some really quite cruel things about her weight and about, well, just implied about her as a person. Like, he's quite Mm. fat phobic. The film, Mm. I was kind of pleased to watch it again after this long and feel that, no, the film is really quite sympathetic towards her and really give and treats her character with a lot of dignity. And I was worried that that was something that maybe across time hadn't held up as well. Didn't hold up. Yeah. I don't know if I would. Yeah. Fat phobic is probably one way to describe it, but I kind of found it to be more resentment because of, Yes. Her ability now to um, be a mother yes. because of her weight. Not so much just about her weight, more about that she she's no longer his mother. Yeah. He doesn't look at her as someone that he gets nurturing from and caregiving from. Um, the dynamic's been co- totally switched and I think that's where he's – resentment comes from and that's why he can be quite mean like and call her a beached whale and yeah 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 and I think that's where the film allows him to do that without it actually being the filmmaker is not saying that that is fully coming from his place of resentment I think you can completely right about that yeah yeah Gilbert starts he meets Becky or he kind of orchestrates a meeting with Becky kind of through Arnie who who is a great icebreaker because he really kind of doesn't have any social he'll go up and talk to anybody about anything he has yeah, no kind of no social filter. inhibitions there um whereas Gilbert seems to be almost constantly hiding behind things he's hiding um in the chips aisle yeah, at, behind at work the chips and, he's yeah. hiding behind a tree behind when he sees trees. Becky he's, yeah he's very awkward he's he it's, is. it's verging on it's verging on creepy. If you didn't know this character and his background, you'd just be like, Ew, he is a creep. But There's a couple moments you know where you sort of his think, intentions are, aren't really like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Arnie is this great icebreaker. He will go and just talk to people. And so Gilbert meets Becky, who is oh, kind of this proto manic pixie dream girl character where we don't actually really learn a lot about her. Her role in the movie. And she is lovely, but it is a bit restrictive. Her role in the movie really Mm. is to show Gilbert that there is a life outside of his life, which, and he's very aware that his town is a huge source of frustration for him and that he feels really limited in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I think she teaches him too that there's beauty in everything. Like one of the most 
beautiful things that she says, I think, is that, you know, um, it's as good a place as any other place yeah. that I've been. Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's nothing really wrong with where you live. Yeah. And um, that the problem is his sense of being trapped in place. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating. It's a it's a trope of female characters who exist in a movie specifically to come along and open a male character's eyes to the opportunities of the world. Um, mm. Like the, the thing with a trope like that is like once or twice there's nothing inherently wrong with that character. The problem is when it's used over and over and over and you get this long list of movies that are this same kind of guy focusing on yeah. his troubles and his experiences and we never really get to learn anything about these women and they don't get treated very much like real people. They're just a cipher. Yes. Yeah. Juliette Lewis is yeah. extremely charming and lovely in this though. Like if someone's got to basically be the sweet, lovely girl who opens his eyes to the fact that life is beautiful, she is so good at that. She's lovely. And her yeah, purple dress – yeah, that I know. thrifty Amazing. purple dress is so beautiful. I want that dress. This is not my cosplay choice. It is my backup cosplay choice. I would wear that dress in real ah. life, though. Okay. We have not come to my cosplay moment we'll talk, yet. No, we'll, t- we'll talk about that later on. So they're at dinner at one night and Mama kind of loses it over something. I can't remember what was said, but something. Arnie. Um, something said. Yeah. And Mama starts stamping her foot. He, he's freaking out about something, Arnie, isn't he? Yes. And I think about he his, starts talking about plan- the death of their father. planning their birthday? Yeah. And um, mm. yes, he's about to so turn 18 and a big party is being planned. Yeah. And he wants something and they're talking about food and he wants some particular food or something and has a little bit of a meltdown and things are spilt and Gilbert gets down on the floor and... Um, Mama's stood up and she's stamping her foot and he can physically see that the, if the floor is going to cave in. Yeah, it's not. So, yeah. So who do you call when you need something done around the house? John C. Riley. You call Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> so Tucker comes and he's down in the basement and Amy's down there with him. And I really noticed watching this time through, kind of knowing what's coming, she looks really uncomfortable having to stand down there like she her face and she's uncomfortable Gilbert won't go down there um Arnie's Arnie won't go down there like it's no it's one will go thing. into the basement no one in the family no will, will go, go in into there. the basement and yeah. they're watching out for mama to see that mama doesn't even see them standing in the stairwell in or the that basement. anyone has gone into the basement yeah yeah. So then John C. Riley comes back the next day and he reinforces the floor and, you know, he needs some help with stuff being handed down there. And Gilbert's like, Arnie, go down there. And, and Arnie's just like, no, no. And dad's he's down like, come there. on, go down there. Because, yeah, dad's down there and then starts kind of gesturing that, that you know, that he's hung himself down there. Mm. And you kind of all go, right, okay, that's where it's happened. And, it makes sense that why Amy was so uncomfortable there, like down there and Yeah. Yeah. And then so later John C. Riley kind of, you know, Tucker sits him down and says, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I I totally had forgotten and they're like, Oh, it's all good and but it it kind of shows you the sadness that, that they've had to stay in this house. Their option is to stay in this house, but 
you can't go down there or you don't want to go down there because yeah, yeah. but really traumatized and the dad built the house in the opening voiceover we get from gilbert their dad their father built the house and there's a comment i think from tucker about oh no it's from gilbert when they're talking about the house that he wasn't really a a very good carpenter it's not it's not particularly well Mm. constructed yeah but the house was built like he no he he passed away 17 years ago and so he would have – and Arnie's almost 18. Mm. So there's times – Where did Ellen come from? work then? Where does Ellen come from? She's 15. Where did 15. Ellen come from? They're very clear that she's almost 16. Yeah. And then I've, I'm so sure that they've said 17 years ago. That's – Hung funny. himself out to dry 17 years ago. <gasps> Where did Ellen come from and why did they never address that? Maybe no. Is that a mistake, or is Alan a, a half sibling? I'm very confused <laughs> and thrown. Uh, I because I I had worked out in my head. I I like before I thought you know Arnie would have only been one, and that's where I was going with this conversation. But yeah, Alan's only fifteen. Yes. Sorry, I've just clicked on the What's Eating Gilbert Grape I Am To Be goofs. At the start, Gilbert says his dad died 17 years ago, but then said his youngest sister, Ellen, just turned 15. Therefore, their dad could not have fathered Ellen. There you go. I think it is a mistake. I think think it's it's probably an error, but there you go. We're right. Maybe it's meant to be because then the mama hasn't left the house in seven years. Maybe it's meant to be seven years ago. Maybe. Because my big thing is that Arnie seems to have quite the memory yes. of his dad as well. And that that's kind of what triggered me to think like it, the time doesn't really – he kind of knows he hung himself. And yeah. I don't know they if would you not. would have explained that to him. No, I do you not know? think they would have explained that. None of them talk about it. Like, sorry, the, the older siblings and actually even Ellen. It's acknowledged – uh, Gilbert makes a couple of really dark jokes, but they don't talk about it. There is mm. absolutely no way that I believe any of these characters so maybe would have it's told meant to be Arnie seven that. Years. I got the impression that Arnie might have he even – That he definitely knew, found but that him. he might have even found him and he needs to have been old enough to have understood that. Yeah. So I like, think – dad's in there, yeah, dad's in there. I think 17 yeah. is totally wrong. I think it must be seven. Yeah, because she hasn't left the house in seven years and that would line up with her husband dying. Yeah, totally, because otherwise why would that 10 years have been kind of okay? Anyway, there you go. Mm. Fact-checking with Amy and Kate. So then we kind of are going to jump forward to Arnie trying to climb up the water tank again. (sighs) I don't know where Gilbert is at this point, but Alan's at work at the ice cream shop and so she's the one that runs out. And kind of like tries to pull him down. And she's she's 15. She is over this shit. She's got no tolerance for Arnie. And probably being his little sister too yeah. has probably less tolerance than if um, she was older than him. I imagine um, it's been quite hard for Ellen emotionally maturing past Arnie. Yeah. But while still being Definitely. the younger sibling. And having really grown up without parents because... I get the impression, like, even if we go, okay, seven years, she probably wouldn't remember her dad. When Gilbert talks about the father, I think, to Becky a little later in the film, 
he talks about him being like really emotionally distant and and not there. And then mum has really been in a lot yeah, of psychological she's... distress that whole time. So Ellen's kind of uh-huh. been raised by her siblings and herself and now is taking responsibility for her older brother. She is an angry, mm. angry teen and I love every second of screen time we get from her. She's great because it feels very real that, yeah, Ellen's supportive of her family. She cares about them. She's really critical of Gilbert when he doesn't seem to have any ideas for Arnie's birthday party and so she mm. loves Arnie. She loves her family. But her life is really quite difficult for a teenager and she's angry. Yeah, I agree. She's a really complex character in not a lot of screen time and I love her. She's mm. in the band, so she quite, plays trumpet. I know, it's so cute. She um so she's quite physical with Arnie when she's pulling him down. And I guess you yeah. would have to be too, being smaller and a girl and Yeah, she pulls him down little. and gives him a blood nose when um she's getting him down and then you know, Gilbert comes and has a go at her and she's like, well, what do you know, I can understand her frustration. Like, what do you want me to do? Do, yeah. I, do I just let him climb there and then the police have to come out again? Like, come on. Like, I can so feel her frustration. Yeah. She shouldn't have hit him, but. As well. No, but. <sighs> yeah. What, what What's her, I can understand at 15 her going, well, what's my options here? Yeah. She's still a child too. Gilbert has to go to Betty's to do another delivery, a, yep. a special delivery. Um, and this is when I think Betty can feel Gilbert slipping away. She's seen him out with Becky. She's seen him go and get ice cream with Becky, I think, at this point, and has seen her in the, 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 the grocery store with Becky. And I think she's really feeling I'm losing Gilbert now too Mm. so she gets him over and there's a a real kind of power play thing that happens where they're making out on the the kitchen counter and then she goes give me the phone or does the phone ring no she's making cookies and she's got dough on her fingers and she makes him dial like it's fully a power play she makes him dial the number and then refuses to take the handset from him while it's ringing. And he's like, it's ringing, it's and ringing. And makes Gilbert call while she goes down on him. And. Which is really full on for teenagers to be. That's the part I was watching going, they made us watch this no, in school. They did. We were all very, oh, is this what's really happening? Oh, my goodness. We were a little bit. <laughs> you don't see anything, but you, you know anything. what's going on. Um, And then. And it's it's a real big power play. Like I'm gonna do this to you while you have to talk to my husband. It's almost like she's called her husband at um, work, and now she he's wants stuck to, on the phone. Yeah, I don't know whether it's like uh, I want to get caught or I want. Oh, it's, it's I don't some, know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know whether like she she was at the point where she was forcing the hand to. So they got caught, so it would be out in the open more that Gilbert, so it was out there more. And so then she'd feel like she'd have more of a hold on Gilbert because it's out there that they've had this affair and it's not a secret anymore. I don't know. It's really, it was a really interesting, Mm. strange move. But anyway, Mr. Carver convinces Gilbert that he's got to go in and speak to him in his office right then and there. And Gilbert just goes, okay, I'm out of here. Because I think he's just like, what the fuck has just happened? Yeah, he is not comfortable. <laughs> this is not 
this isn't good. He he is very uncomfortable in this situation. So he goes to see Mr. Carver, who seems really totally at this point seems totally unaware of what was going on and is kind of just putting the hard sell on um, Gilbert to buy some insurance mm. and keeps talking yeah. about, you know, you don't have any, you don't have any proper medical insurance. You don't have catastrophic. What if something happened to you? And I think Gilbert is both sort of having this moment of, this is a very awkward conversation to be having with you, like for a lot of reasons, but also nothing ever happens to me. Nothing, like the whole point of Gilbert is that nothing yeah. ever happens to him and he's starting to think, oh, I don't know, it's a it's a weird conversation. But so much has happened to him yes. as well. Like, yeah, But only bad so things. Interesting. <laughs> only bad only things bad that are things, out of yeah. his control. He's miserable. He is a really miserable character at this point. So and then while they're having this meeting, there's another phone call from Betty and he has to, Mr. Carver has to leave in a dramatic, like Gilbert has to drive him yeah. back to the house because she's burnt the cookies and having a full She's just having a meltdown. breakdown. She's just, yeah, she's just melting down on the uh, on the front porch and there's And then he has a pouring. meltdown and starts yeah. putting the children in the pool and it's all very, everyone's not happy. And then the next morning he's dead. Yes. <laughs> Shit moves quick. So, yeah, he there's smoke pouring out of their kitchen and we're like, oh, my God, the house is on fire. Thank you, 17-year-old Kate, for being like, oh, fire. That's symbolic of something. Um, <laughs> what I noticed in this watch was then he, he's trying to calm down his wife and then he runs into the kitchen and then he comes out with the tray of cookies and claims that they're not that burnt, they're fine, which if there is smoke pouring out of your kitchen, they are not fine. <laughs> and, they, and they're black. <laughs> and then he's like immediately picking them up off the tray and, and tasting one and saying it's still good. I'm like, dude, that is basically on fire right now. You can't do that. So this is maybe like... This part of the film is not super realistic and is maybe just like a bit. We are we are trying to illustrate what's going on here. He starts screaming at his children to get in the pool they wanted. And then Gilbert basically goes home. And then the next day, no, later that night, Ellen comes home and she's like, You everyone knows Mr. Carver? Well, he's dead. And storms up the <laughs> stairs. And again, just like, I love that character so much. It was um Yes. She's my fave. She's fantastic. Look, at that point I thought, well, this is good for Crispin Glover because he was complaining earlier that not enough people are dying know, and it's but, bad for business. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> He's got a job to do now. He'd love it. So, yeah, Mr. Carver apparently, as Crispin Glover explains to us with some folding of a spoon in a great diner scene, has had a heart attack and fallen into the pool and drowned. Probably just after Gilbert left, really. I mean, he was having a terrible day. Yeah, he was. And then he died. Okay. So through all this, we've been talking about how Gilbert has to do everything for Arnie. Mm. And one of the, the things that he needs to do is he's in charge of bathing yeah. him. Like making sure he has his bath and stuff. And I think there's an earlier scene where he's on like a date with Becky. Yeah. That's right. And he goes, um, I've got oh, I've got a I've got a family thing I've got to go and do. And she's like, Okay, well, do you want me to he's like, Do you want me to drive you back? And she's, No, I'm just gonna sit here. He goes, Well, if you're gonna stay here, I'll come back. 
So he quickly rushes home, gets Arnie set up in the bath and then rushes back to kind of see Becky again, finishes his evening with Becky, comes home, goes to bed, gets up in the morning and Arnie is still in the bath. Which this viewing struck me as a little unrealistic that Gilbert came home. No one else noticed. No one no one used no one else used the bathroom the whole time. No one else used the whole the bathroom the whole time from when he ran no off. No one else heard Arnie no. going, I'm in the bath. This feels um, I feel like it would have been a little more realistic if he hadn't been left in the bath all night and if maybe Gilbert had snuck out. It was just a few hours. Yeah, spent yeah. the rest of the evening with Becky, came home late. And found Arnie in the bath, but yeah. look. Anyway, the f- they've the, they made the decisions they made. Arnie's been in the mm. bath basically fre- freezing all night because he just didn't he didn't have the capability to get himself out. He knew it was cold and it was horrible, yeah. but he just didn't understand. Yeah. So then this leads to, um, you know, Becky trying to get him into the lake. Mm-hmm. later on he hasn't bathed in days he's filthy his party's coming up and they're trying to get him into the lake to get him clean it doesn't work um gilbert gets in the lake gets distracted with becky a little bit later and they notice that arnie is missing when they hear sirens whiz past them because he has gotten to the very top of the water tower this time. How does he move so fast? How does he move so I know. fucking fast? So fast. They, they were like distracted for five minutes and he has like gone from, <laughs> they're not in town, they're outside of town. No. Arnie can't drive and he He's doesn't have the bike. He's 20 miles. He has walked into town and climbed the whole way up the tower in like five minutes. So there's a few moments in this movie where in hindsight it's like, just, just okay. suspend disbelief, guys, and roll with it. And, and by the time that, like, because Gilbert and Becky get in the car and have to drive there, and by the time they're there, there's a bloody cherry picker there trying to get him down. So yeah. this is wild. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. They've either been so involved in their conversation for, like, two hours and haven't noticed that he's missing or Arnie's, like, flash. What happens, I think, really is just – in the film, they feel like the stakes have to be very high here. That yes. Gilbert hasn't made this mistake on purpose. I mean, that's the point of a mistake, isn't it? He hasn't been ignoring Arnie yeah. on purpose, but he's become distracted. But the stakes have to be really high so that the local sheriffs arrest Arnie, even though they know he's intellectually disabled and also he is still mm-hmm. legally a minor. But they make the point of, I guess it's probably realistic that they're dicks and arrest him, the stakes have to be so high that he gets arrested for what happens next in the movie. Yeah. And it's just, it's so, they are dicks because what lesson is that going to teach him? He doesn't understand. He does not understand. You can't just teach him that lesson. He's not going to get the lesson. They've interacted with him a lot already around this. We saw it at the start of the movie where he agrees that he's not going to do it again. And as soon as he's walking away, he's like, I want to do that again. I want to go back. He wants to go back. Exactly. They know. They're just being tools at this point and they're just flexing their, their 
legal right to do it, even though it's not actually going to be helpful. And we know that it's not going to be helpful. Mm. What they really need to do is build some kind of a thing that prevents people who don't have like a lock from getting up the tower. I do remember talking about that with my year 11 class a bit where we're like, you just need to secure this. Yeah. You just need to make this secure so that he can't climb it. Because Put a cage around the yeah. bottom of the, the ladder. People are not going to yeah. stop doing it unless you prevent them. No, but and no. it's not just intellectually disabled people that would want to do it. As if there any, aren't teens. Any teenage boy would probably be like, yeah, man, let's go up the water tower. They definitely like, are. Like that's definitely got to be happening in any town where this is possible for sure. Exactly. And this is the point where I get really, I started to really feel Gilbert's frustration towards his mum. Yeah. Because she just, and it's not the first time, she just lashes out at Gilbert like, what were you doing? What are you thinking? You need to do better. And I just. He's not the dad. I don't want to be too harsh on her because there's a lot mentally going on with her. Yeah. But you're the mum. Mm-hmm. You can't be yelling at your children to parent your other children yeah. and telling them that they need to do better. I I was quite, I think each time, more so now that I am a mum myself as well, where I just am like, oh, no, no, yeah. you need to do better. You needed to, you need to seek help or you need to, you're the one that needs to do better yeah. for your, all of your children. But anyway, so she does kind of do a little bit better. Yeah. She gets up and is going down to the police station. Yep. Gilbert was going to take care of it and she's like, no, get my coat. I forgot that this was Mm. so early in the film. It's about halfway through. Because I did remember her leaving the house. But she gets in the car. Yeah, I always thought it was later. Me too. And she goes down to the, the sheriff's department, the big town hall. In town and Jerry, and Jerry. I love it. Like I love that she. Yeah, that she finds some fight and she finds some fire and she finds some like that maternal instinct kind of finally fires up for her again. I think. Yep. Gilbert goes in and he's trying to handle it before she gets there, and the cops aren't having any of that. They're just telling him to go and sit outside and basically just bossing around. And he's he's going to comply. And she comes in and just yeah bangs the desk, yells at them and is like, you're going to get my boy. I'm not filling out the forms. You're going to get my boy. And she gets her boy. So she Mm. has that win. And then we just have this awful moment where she's leaving and half the town once again have shown up. Before mobile phones, these people were extremely good at finding the action in town. And people are staring (laughs) at her and laughing. I think more people were just out wandering around. Yeah, these people have nothing to do because literally as soon as anything's happening, everyone is like, come over here, guys. And, oh. Yeah, bit of whispers. Bit of of whispers, bit of drama. I mean, like literally every time Arnie climbs that tower, everyone is there. That town must be like so tiny because. Yeah. But this moment's horrible. We get this. We get her mama's point of view really where people are just staring and laughing at her and this guy takes a photo mm. of her and it's awful. And I felt this is one of the parts of the film that I was kind of worried about revisiting but I do feel it feels to me very clear that the film is is siding with mama. It, it's clear that the people who are pointing and laughing that we should be judging them as horrible people but yeah, we're not. It, the, the, yeah. The, the film – 
Is this yeah. when Arnie too, like Arnie just totally doesn't get it. And he's just like, Not yeah, this is my mama. He's yeah. so excited. Like he's excited that she has come out and collected him. Yeah. And I think he's also like inviting people to his birthday party oh, yes. at the same time. He is. He's still inviting people to his <laughs> birthday party. He's very social. Yeah. Like th- there's he's, something he's quite like, sweet he's, he's enjoying about that. it. He's kind of enjoying the drama of yeah, he quite the situation. He quite really. enjoys attention. He loves his mum and she loves him and he doesn't he doesn't have the social awareness to perceive negative attention versus positive attention. It's just attention. Um mm. but mama does and she's Darlene Cates is really great in this role. She's we really see she doesn't she has a bit more of a speech at the end. But we don't have – she doesn't have a lot of dialogue and she doesn't have a lot of dialogue here either, but we really see on her face how much it hurts that she's mm. she's a spectacle and people are treating her like she's not yeah. a person. Yeah. Yes, some more kids after that scene okay. come by and are, sti- and are looking through the window again while they're eating dinner and Ellen grabs a foiled baked potato from the table and just throws it through the glass yes. window at those children. And I don't think we've seen Gilbert look happier than he does at that moment, even when he's hanging out with Becky. Yeah. Oh, like I love Ellen. Like it's not a cool thing to do, guys, but I love Ellen for doing no. that and just being like, "Fuck off, you little shits." It's actually shows and you defending the only her mother. Dynamic. Yeah, the only dynamic we've seen between Ellen and Gilbert all along has been quite fractured and there's a lot of friction there and yeah. yelling at each other because you're not doing good enough and you need to do better and you hit him and da 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 there's a lot of that happening and so it actually shows the love and respect that they have for each other as yeah. siblings they're both defending their family and yeah it's this it's this sassy little moment from Ellen where she's just like nah fuck these little fuckers and he's just like he's, yeah. he's thrilled you know yes this is the right thing to do he's yeah. been quite critical of their mother and they, they just have this moment together where it's like no she needs to be defended the funeral so we're at Mr Carver's funeral it's all quite somber Arnie's actually not with everyone at the funeral, he's sitting by his father. And I think that's when we find out his name's Albert. Yep. I think Albert Grape. He's sitting by his tombstone, which is another indicator to me that he knew his father. Yeah. That he didn't just die when he was a baby. Born or no. One. Yeah. <laughs> he knew his father and he's sitting by his, um, his tombstone while the funeral's going on. While the funeral's happening and there's, there's you know, everyone's very sad over that end. It's very sombre. It's very sombre. Burger Barn arrives. In. It's a fully, it's <laughs> it's like a portable. It's like a demountable. We're yeah, basically, it's a pickup. It's a pickup and place yeah, situation. We are building a kit restaurant and then we drive it to your town on the back of a huge flatbed. And we just yeah. drop it into your town. And, oh, my yeah. God, I want someone to look at me the way Arnie John goes, C. Riley looks at the burger barn. He's so proud. I know. <gasps> I know. Arnie's going, it's a burger barn. It's a burger it's barn. Here. And, yeah, Tucker he's just kind of turns. And he's, he's, you can see the conflict in his eyes of, like, I'm at a funeral, but, oh, I'm there so it happy. is. There she is. My beautiful future, the burger barn. And he is really happy. And, it, look, 
I think okay. Tucker is my favourite character. He is the nicest character. He's very he's very kind and thoughtful about all his friends. Like he's really apologetic when he thinks he may have he upset or is. offended someone. He's so nice. He's kind. He's pure. He he's is. pure. He's just he's just yeah, he is. He's just pure. He's probably the perfect word I can think of to describe yes, him. He is. He's he is. And although although he does ask um Crispin Glover's character at one point whether they mess around with the bodies. So I don't think he like wants them to be messing around with the bodies, but he's curious. And Crispin Glover is like, frankly, I wouldn't just he gives off the vibe of of someone who might mess around with the bodies. And I think it's a reasonable question. No, Tucker is lovely. He is, yeah, he is this just kind thoughtful, generous person and he keeps like trying to bring Gilbert in on come and have a career at Burger Barn. He just, he wants to have, he likes the town. I think he actually is quite happy there and he wants to just be able to build as good a life for himself as he can there. Mm, And I just, I think he's a sweetheart. I think he's absolutely delightful. He just gazes at that Burger Barn. It's lovely. he loves it. And now, time for our segment, who would you cosplay as in this movie? I I want a Rock Mary Steenbergen's funeral look. The little hat with the veil and the sexy black dress with the back cut out. It's like, it's a great look for her. She's a beautiful woman Mm -hmm. and her curly hair. She's really, she gets, she does a lot with a quite limited amount of screen time in this movie. She's great. She's such a MILF. Yeah. Yeah. She's so good. Even though in real life, all of the looks that I've actually come close to rocking, I want to say Becky, but actually probably a lot Mm. of the outfits that Tucker wears in real life are are a bit closer to how I've dressed in real life. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Probably. And there's a couple of, a couple of um, Gilbert's terrible shirts that I might have bought from Savers in the early 2000s. Oh, I so badly want um, Gilbert's kind of brown tan <gasps> denim jacket. That's amazing. Such a good jacket. Is that your cosplay choice? Mm-hmm. No, my cosplay choice, and it has been since I was in high school, so it's probably not age appropriate for me now being nearly 40, um, would be Alan in her ice cream shop uniform. Sorry, I just had a moment where it, just as you her... started talking, I thought, yes, it's Ellen. <laughs> yes. With her frosted pink lipstick. Yes. It's such a cute look. I think because yeah. it was so early 90s. And, and in reality, mm. it's who I would, who, who I probably dressed like. Yeah. And I have frosted purple lipstick still to this day. Yeah. So. No, that's totally... It's totally appropriate. I love it. She also has quite a lovely frilled out um, denim skirt at the end of the movie, which I mm-hmm. think you would rock then and now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The thing about it being really early 90s is that all of those looks are quite fashionable now again. Mm. And I love I that. I love it that, that they're all, they've discovered the 90s mm. again. My eldest daughter told me the other day that her favourite fashion era is the 90s. I don't. And I think that's like probably that. because it really, really. You yeah. don't? No, I, I don't. No, I don't. Because it like... probably mirrors what's in fashion now. Oh, no, it totally her, mirrors so. what's in fashion now. I, I hate the idea that um, it's 
she is experiencing a retro cool moment that we lived through. I just, that's what I don't like about I it. Know. I'm fine with it. We old. But, but, we so old. But, you know, that part is um, mildly confronting to me. Yeah, because I was telling them that my favourite era growing up was always the 1920s. Like I always oh. thought it was so glamorous and I loved the whole flapper, is that roaring 20s look. Is that because they made a study – um, the Great Gatsby in Year Ten. No, I never. I've never. I've only ever seen the Baz Luhrmann one. I haven't seen it. the Baz Luhrmann one. No, I've read it. So Betty's going to move to St. Louis, um, or St. Louis. She's moving to St. Louis to kind of get a fresh start and get away. Yeah, fortunately, her Which husband who died great. was in insurance, so she's insured up the wazoo, and the whole town seemed to think that she killed him. I don't think the film mm. ever – I don't. Th- my vibe from the film is that they're not suggesting that, that it's just this vibe that she has. I mean, she does go to the funeral pretty much dressed as a black widow, but I don't think yeah. she killed him. And no, I think, I think John C. Riley – doesn't John C. Riley at one point say? Yeah, they're speculating it. John C. Riley yeah. is speculating on rumours that she killed him. And Crispin Glover's character, who his name is now Crispin Glover, um, is I, I'm pretty sure it's Bob. As the mortician is like, no, I, I like I saw the body, I prepared the body. This isn't what happened. But yeah, she when Mary Steinbergen's character comes into the grocery store to tell Gilbert that she's moving the kids to St. Louis, she mentions that everyone thinks that she killed him, and. I don't think she did and I don't think we're supposed to think that, but it's just this rumour in town and it's no, logical. I think he had a heart attack yeah. because he was going berserk. Yeah, it's, it's Bobby. His name's Bobby. Bobby. It's logical that she wants to get out of town if the vibe is – well, she's been yeah. pretty – And I think she's very unhappy yeah, there as, she as is. well. And then she's, she's lost Gilbert. She knows that that's gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Why not? It's a really good chance for her to have a a fresh start. And then, so they're having their final conversation and Becky comes in and we have this moment that I've always loved where she's saying to Gilbert that she hopes her children turn out like him, which is has always struck me as a very weird thing to say to someone that you've been banging. And then Becky comes in and she just like gives her this great look and says, he's all yours and leaves. Mm. have always loved that moment. She wasn't my favourite character, Betty. I felt sad for her. I felt sad for but her. But I also felt, mm. yeah, she wasn't she, she wasn't an endearing character. She's not. To me. And I think she's, she's, she's a character who the whole, she is elevated by a great performance from Mary Steenbergen where she's allowed to be not endearing and still be. Yeah really interesting and engaging that I don't I don't dislike her mm. even though she's not very likable. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I did write this note. Oh good, there's real milk in the milkshake. We have the burger barn opening and John C. Riley is very excited that there's real milk in the milkshake. And that did force me to address the concept of is there not usually 
real milk in the milkshake? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. American fast food is really, really interesting, and I would say that they probably used powder milk. Powdered milk. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. I would would say that that's where that's come from. Okay. Cool. Because yeah, he's thrilled that they're using like yeah fresh milk. He is, and they use creamer all the time. What? In America as well, like they don't call it milk; it's creamer. What like, is do you creamer? Want creamer in your coffee? It's like cream. I would say it's like a long life kind of thick okay. milk. My memory of it is like being on aeroplanes, and they're like, right. "Do you want creamer?" And it's one like in those little capsule things that you open and put in, or they have like cartons of it that that kind of represent what we have was long life milk is kind it- of thing. But they don't. Really just put milk in or froth their milk or something. And I think it's thicker as well. That's so weird. Cool. Thank you for that. Americans are weird. Well, their food, their food's weird. So then there's a crisis. Burger barn opens. Burger barn's open. Arnie is into it. Fanfare. He gets a little visor. He still has not showered. (laughs) He's getting. He is looking filthy and scabbed up from all the times that he has been whacked. He's visibly crusty. It's gross. Yeah, he's. Yeah, it's not good. But since he was left in the bath, (laughs) he's like afraid of water. Symbolism, maybe. No way, Jose. Water symbolism. Water symbolizes Mm -hmm. something. Life, I think. Life and regeneration. Yeah. Probably. I swear to God, I must have written that in an essay at some point. Who knows? Anyway, at this point. I was that deep in my essays for for What's Eating Gilbert Grace. Well, it was was literature class. I probably just wrote out the synopsis. Literature (laughs) class, you had to go that extra level above. We really. God, we thought we were so bloody smart. So Arnie, I don't know, he's just like being a child mucking around and Amy. No, he's, he's trying no. to escape Gilbert from having a bath because they get oh, home that's and right. Gilbert's like, okay, it's time, mate. You've got to have a bath. You've had a lovely day at the um, Burger Barn opening watching Alan in her um, marching in her band, band costume. costume. Oh, you've had a bless. dance with Becky. You've ha- had some hamburgers. It's time to You're have all greasy a now. And he just runs around and he knocks Amy over who's holding his cake for the next day. She loses She's, it. She's so upset, yeah. which is fair. Oh, I can relate. Oh, yeah. Doing a party is hard work. I remember once I was organising a party and I'd made like a Star Wars topper. And <gasps> yes, I think... Um, Heidi was like two at the time and it was setting on the counter and she came and she took a, she took a bite out of the Death Star. <laughs> it was a fondant Death Star and she just took a chunk out of it. Yeah, just bit it. <laughs> She's two. I couldn't even really get cross with her because. No, yeah. She's yeah. two. So It's not the worst thing that's happened. Hey. You know, you know the famous story in our family of one of our cousins taking a chunk. He took a bite out of our parents' wedding cake. Yeah. And so all of the photos, we've like you can't tell because they've swiveled the cake around to hide that. But we all we've all been told the story. So yeah, there's a big runs in the piece family. <laughs> what can you do? It's pretty funny. So Amy then calls ahead to food, food, land, food town, the, food land. The, 
the, the it has the have big... live lobsters and it yes. it looks amazing. Look, I can imagine if amazing. you lived in a titchy tiny town where there's nothing and then this huge kind of reminds me a little bit of like a big Aldi or even like a Costco where there's the reminded not... me of Costco. Actually, you yeah. know what it reminds me of even more so? La Mana. La Mana. Because it's got the bakery section where you can go and pick mm. up your fancy ordered cake. And it's got fresh seafood. It's La Mana. It is a massive grocery store, the likes of which I definitely yeah. haven't seen at that So age. I can imagine being, oh, I live in a small town. If like a La Mana opened up, you know, up the road, yeah, oh, I'd be yeah. loving my life. So I get, so I get it. But he, Gilbert's such a loyal person and he already feels so bad about having to go in there and pick up this cake. But then he walks out and he's holding this birthday cake. After telling cake his boss when his boss is like, why are they going there? Is it the lobsters? He's like, I would never shop at Foodland. I'd rather die. Which you know he's being dramatic I to know. help his boss because his boss is so stressed about Foodland. But he walks yeah. out of Foodland. He walks out. He's holding this cake. And, and he, yeah, his boss is there like watching Foodland and watching the customers. <sighs> come out and sees Gilbert and it's 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 crushing they both look so sad Gilbert looks like really guilty and upset and his boss is yeah but it's not like he was coming out with bag loads of groceries he he was coming out with something that he can't get from the the plot has been contrived in a way so that there's very little time left and the only way that they're going to have a cake at Arnie's birthday is Unfortunately, by making Gilbert do this thing that he really doesn't want to do. He's been forced into this situation and yeah. that explains what happens next. Yeah, so <laughs> they're all get blowing. I think they're blowing up the balloons and like finishing the posters yes. and stuff for his party and then it's a big deal this party like they are losing they are all throwing themselves into this party for Arnie yeah and Arnie comes out of the kitchen and he's been eating the cake he's just been he's just gotten into the cake like Heidi oh and her little death star uh, yeah (laughs) and I think Gilbert like loses loses his mind he's just like because he's had to do something he really didn't want to do. He's already upset his sister by ruining the first cake or because because of this bathing situation. And he's just like, right, that's it. You're getting in the bath. And he becomes quite physical with him. Mm. He yells at and one point, you the, don't know what yeah. this cost me. And he's not just talking about the the $20 or whatever for the cake. It was the cost of going in somewhere and his boss seeing him. The shame. Yes. The embarrassment. It's, it's, the... Yeah. Been a really he feels really guilty and yeah, full of shame about this and he takes it out on Arnie really physically. It's really Yeah, well Arnie quite upsetting. pulls his hair and I think that's the trigger. Like he it's the the fight or flight mode kind of hits in where his hair's been pulled. He's really angry. He's already kind of out of control with his anger. Mm. And then he gets his hair pulled and he just loses it and then he punches and he slaps. And it's over quite quick. Like, it's not prolonged, um, but it's enough to kind of, you know, the shit's hit the fan basically mm-hmm. for everyone. And Arnie just bolts. Gilbert's destroyed, yeah. devastated. 
Um, and as we've we've learnt before, Arnie's like the Flash. He's gone. <laughs> he's out of there. Yes. He's, <laughs> he's out. He's just disappeared within like a minute. Gone. No one can stop Arnie. He's like a superhero. And so Amy and Ellen get in. I didn't realise they had another car. They get in the other because then I know because it Gilbert's seems like takes to be off and quite then, a thing. That, yeah. It seems to be quite the thing that, like, Gilbert is always having to drive everyone around. But there is another car, so. I sort of feel at this point. I found that interesting. Yeah, and I feel at this point we've been seeing everything from Gilbert's point of view because he's the protagonist. Gilbert has – we haven't seen those things maybe because Gilbert hasn't been noticing. At this moment where he looks back after, you know, storming off and – Amy and Ellen have immediately leapt into action to take care of things and go after Arnie. I think it's the first chance he has to reflect that he is not the only person in his family who is making sacrifices to look after Arnie. He's definitely doing a lot and I think he is Arnie's main caregiver, but everybody is, is looking after Arnie and revolves their lives around the extra caregiving that, both he and mum need in this family and he realises he's not the only one making sacrifices. Yeah, that's right. So he starts to take off out of town and then changes his mind and comes back and goes to Becky. She's like very chill and he's like, oh, basically, you know, I, I beat Arnie up and I'm like, Becky, no. No, well, Becky, no. well, before that happens, he goes to Becky um, and he's kind of hiding in the bushes watching because Arnie has actually gone to Becky that's right. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Arnie, Arnie, Arnie bolted to Becky. Arnie has gone to Becky and Becky has convinced him to get in the lake and she bathes him in the lake. Like she's such a soft, gentle soul that she's got him in the lake and, you know, helped. Water symbolism. Yeah, and clen- <laughs> cleansed him. Cleansing. And, um, well, he did need cleansing. He was genuinely he was, crusty. <laughs> the the so, uh, makeup people Amy, did a great job. Amy and Alan drive past and pick Arnie up after he's had, yep. it, had it clean and, and everything. And that's when um, Becky spots Gilbert kind of lurking in the bushes. Lurking. Watching. <laughs> Such a lurker. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then she, she kind and of. And then they have the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His regret is real though and he does understand that even though he was provoked. What he did was not okay. Yeah, I don't think it's I, – I, it is a red flag in a way, but I also kind of see it. It's it's a man that's kind of completely at his limit and yeah. I don't think that this would be something that reoccurs. I'd either. hope not. And I think in general, though, the film handles mental illness more poorly than it handles – Autism and intellectual disability. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Which I th- do think is a product of its time. Yeah. It's the early 90s. Like, it's only really in recent years that, you know, mental illness even gets discussed, really. Yeah. I would, I, I'd argue that, yeah, we're still not, we're not getting a lot of films that handle mental illness no. very well. Or, no. or a lot of films actually that handle autism and neurodivergent. Thank you. Neurodivergence very well. That's Yeah. No. Yeah, it's there's still a long long way to go. Mm. So we have Arnie's party. Everyone's I, there. Oh, I do on. not like seeing Crispin Glover's character talking to Ellen. I do not like oh. at all. And he know, says, it's like, a little says bit something gross. about how she's growing up and I'm like, "No." But she kind of loves it. I get the vibe that she's 
she's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> got a bit of a crush yes. on him too. But doesn't make it right what he's girl. doing. No, it doesn't make it okay. doesn't make it okay. 15-year-old girls who've just had their braces off are allowed to have crushes on older men and it's the older men's job to treat them like a little sister and ignore the crush completely. Like Just that moment I'm like, do not like. Party's going Arnie's off. Um, Becky and Nana have arrived. They're, it's kind of like their last hurrah. They're, they're, their car's fixed, so they kind of know that they're coming, stopping by the party, and then they're travelling on. Um, and Gilbert decides that he wants um, Becky to meet Mama. She's expressed interest before in yes. meeting his mum, and he's been like, you don't no. want to meet her, you don't want to meet her. I think that might be even and when she he calls her a beach whale or Yeah, he's point. really quite cruel about her at that point. And we've just had just before the party scene Mama gets I think what is her best speech in the film where she she tells Gilbert that she understands that she's mm. this isn't how she phrases it, it's much more delicately phrased. But she understands she hasn't been a good parent that that she's put the whole family in a position where she hasn't done right by them. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of resolve. I think it resolves for him some of his, his Resentment frustration. and feelings And his resentment. Yeah. yeah. I agree. And so then when, when Becky arrives, he's like, yes, I do want you to meet her. And because at this point, Becky has shown herself to be quite a caring and trustworthy person. She's been like really accepting of yeah. Arnie and really caring and supportive of Arnie. Like not yeah. just accepting, but has really looked out for him, uh, you know, yeah. at that time when Gilbert couldn't. So yeah. I think Gilbert feels like it's safe to introduce Yeah, you know Becky that she's not going to come in there and go, oh, gross. Or, she's, yeah, she's not going to mock her. She's not going to be cruel. No, not at all. But and you Mama's know quite, feeling really vulnerable. Yeah, and she doesn't, like, when he comes in and says, I, I, there's someone I want you to meet, she's like, no, no, no. But, you know, Becky's charming and it, it, mm. goes, it goes well, I would yeah, say. Yeah, Mama has this moment where she's like, you know, I haven't always been like this. And Becky's response is beautiful. She's like, well, I haven't, I haven't always, always been, been like this. this. She's just, she's so well written, I think, Becky's mm. just so, the, the writers for her. Her lines are yeah. just – she hasn't, like you said, there's not a lot, but yeah. what she does say is really important. Yeah. Yeah. She she brings impeccable vibes. She's mm. just – yeah, she's really sweet and kind. And so we have this beautiful moment where Becky gets to meet Mama, Mama gets to meet Becky. Mm. The party is a raging success. Arnie's yeah. had a – Fantastic day. I do want to just bring up too that the part that I really loved at the end of the party was when Becky and Nana are leaving and Amy comes out and has packed them food and plates and tinfoiled up stuff for them. And I thought it just shows you that through everything that this family has been, everything that's thrown at them, you know, their, their father's committed suicide their mother has agoraphobia and other mental health issues and can't leave the house. They have a, a special needs brother. Um, they're still so kind and thoughtful for other people. Yeah, they're still looking out for everyone around them. It's lovely. Yeah, really. I it fully thought- explains, yeah, why there's so many people at that party is they are part of that community. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was a really – it was just such a small 
split second kind of scene, but it really yeah. told me a lot about yeah, like why they why they're so nice and why they're so respected mm. in their town. Yeah. We don't get a lot of time with Amy, but it's one of those beautiful little character moments where you're like, oh, she's lovely. Yeah, exactly. So party's finished and for some reason, Mama decides to go upstairs. Everyone's a little bit shocked. Who knows how long it's been since Mama's been upstairs? It seems to be ages. Years, I would say. Mm. And she gets into... This also was featured in some of our... um, High school essays about I, the symbolism of oh, going I, up. I bet it was. Um, and they pop her into a bed there. And I just loved the um, painted bluebird over her bed. Mm. Gorgeous. Mm. That would symbolise something for sure, Kate. I'm oh, not, most I'm not. I'm not a film analyst as much as you, so I don't know what. I just thought it looked pretty. But she's she's I, in bed. I do. It is pretty, and I am definitely sure it's something about her going up to heaven and dying and something, something. Yeah, getting wings or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Being released. Yes. So she's upstairs. Um, Amy tells her to rest, and you know you deserve to rest, and blah blah blah. Goes back downstairs. Arnie then goes up to. See her. She asks for her her birthday boy for her sunshine. Aww. She calls him her sunshine, and, and she and so each of her mm. children's come up to see her, and then she asks for Arnie, and Arnie goes up to her, and he finds she's already she's, yeah gone she's, yeah she's gone, and that peacefully. Spe- so I wonder too, with us speculating that whether he found his father, whether mm. that's a bit of a full circle moment too. Maybe that he's the one that's found his mother. As well, yeah. So Arnie summons yeah. everybody, and then they spend some time. Yeah, we with get a Mama. lovely montage of them just all standing in different spots. So to kind of, I guess they were up there for hours, just, just being with, with her. her. They finally call the police and um, the doctor, I guess, to to pronounce her dead, and it's heard over. The um, the kind of the 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 inter what are they called the intercoms the police radio the yeah the radio that they'll need the national guard to get her out because of she's up of, of the house because she's upstairs and how are they going to get her out? They're going to have um, to cut through the wall and crane her out. Yeah, and Alan seems to be probably the most distressed over this because she's just like there's going to be a crowd I know there's going to be a crowd because there's always a crowd there's we have always seen that a crowd. all through the film there's always a bloody crowd yeah there's a crowd around Arnie there's a crowd around mama when she's out in public there's going to be a crowd um and they're yeah. going to need a crane to get her out so the next kind of thing we see is everyone moving the next morning moving all of the furniture from the house out onto the lawn and then Gilbert goes down to the basement, gets some gasoline and sets the house alight. This movie really just hits you over the head with the oh, symbolism and I, I bloody know. love it. I love I it. I know. I mean, it was, it was extremely handy as a, you know, 16-year-old um, high school student having the symbolism just be so in your face. Yeah, it's there. 
But it's also like I, I can see because the first time I watched this a few weeks ago, this was the point of the movie because I was watching it kind of by myself and the kids were off doing other stuff and they it was getting close to dinner time. So pe- little little people started to come up and they were like going, <laughs> "What's got? why are they burning the house down? And I was Ooh, I was crying and um yeah they're like why are they burning the house down like what but she's why can't they just get her out and I, I had to try and explain to them that it's they're trying to do a respectful thing for her so she's not a spectacle so they're trying to do the right thing by her without making it embarrassing or the last kind of yeah. moments of her being aren't uh, people gathering around in saying that though lighting a fire <laughs> you still might get a whole group of because i know like from from us when we were little whenever there was a fire kind of locally we had a few houses burned down around our area and whenever there was a fire we'd get on our bikes and our dad be like right come on let's go and the scout hall burnt down around the corner it's from us true. the oh whole neighborhood God. was there <laughs> it was one of the most exciting memories i have from childhood is that scout hall burning down it's true. It's about her dignity. And mm-hmm. even though, yeah, a fire is going to draw a crowd, though, it's going to draw a crowd to the fire. She yeah. personally is saved from yeah. being the spectacle. Yeah, So, exactly. yeah, they she they release her through that fire and it's, it's about maintaining her dignity. Yes. As wild as it seems, t- coming towards that point in the film, it, it felt like, no, yeah, the, the only right thing to do is burn that place to the ground to mm-hmm. save her that. And it's a fresh start. They're then free of that house. Both True. of their parents they, have it's died It's falling there. apart. It's, yeah, they're free. And I think, you know, It has been made on, clear that they don't have insurance, so it's <laughs> not an insurance know. fraud situation. <laughs> no. So, I mean, technically, arson, and they don't deal like, with it. It's definitely still arson, <laughs> but I guess the whole point with arson is – I don't know. Like they just the film just then doesn't deal with it. No, it's we just skip still to arson. It, yeah. But what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do if no one is harmed by it? I mean, technically, also it's desecration of a corpse. Anyway, yeah. point is, whatever happens happens because we then have a time jump that just deals yeah. with all of those problems. Off we screen. just go a year ahead. We find out that Alan and Amy have moved. I think to the the next big like to the big town somewhere. over or somewhere somewhere a little bit bigger and I guess they're sticking together it doesn't really say where Gilbert is but he's Arnie's with him Arnie's got a spanky new hairdo he's had a haircut yes Arnie's um, got a haircut and, he and they're waiting more like Leonardo DiCaprio yeah they're waiting for um Becky and Nana to drive on through and pick them up. And I wonder, does that mean that they're going to head off and travel around with them or that's maybe what I assume at least for a while, but that they can go anywhere that they now have the freedom of choice to do what they want with their lives. And I mean, yeah. really that's Gilbert driving the decisions, but yeah, that he's, he's going to take care of Arnie and they're going to go off and have a life that, He's certainly happier than what Gilbert's been thinking because he's felt very trapped in that town. Mm, yeah, exactly. So they go off with Becky. Hopefully that works out. Nana's been extremely supportive throughout the whole – every time we see her on screen, she's very yeah. supportive of Becky's choices. Yeah, she's all for it. 
So that's what's eating Gilbert Grape. Lovely yeah. movie. Lovely movie. I f- feel like it held up remarkably yeah. well. Given I think the, the themes and the time. I think so too. I think the biggest thing in today, if they were going to do do it today, would be that Leonardo DiCaprio would not be cast in that role. Yeah. I think that's something and that he, you know, and just he in shouldn't. the last couple of years has been the push of like, no, there's so many actors out there that are neurodivergent that can, can do this. So that's yeah. where we've got to go now with it instead yes. of yeah. instead of doing that. And that's yeah. how it should be. You know, if you've got a neurodivergent character, if you've got an autistic character, there are autistic actors, hire them. Um, you know, if you've got a trans character, hire a trans actor. Yeah, exactly. They exist and give them the work. It makes more sense. Exactly. So, do you want to hear the conspiracy theory I heard from TikTok? And I wish this was, I heard it just a couple of weeks ago and it was after, I think it was, no, it was just before I'd picked this movie. Uh, So, I didn't take too much note on who who said... (laughs) What TikToker said this, and it is just a conspiracy theory. I actually don't believe it, guys. I'm just going to put it out there that this is just a conspiracy theory. There may be truth okay. to some parts of it. There may not. I could just be repeating complete made-up jibber-jabber. But anyway, <laughs> there is a conspiracy theory going around that Leonardo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp had a hand in the death of River Phoenix. Oh, my God. I know. It's well, a full-on one. Because it was at Johnny yeah. Depp's nightclub. And it was at the the time that What's Eating Gilbert Grape was being filmed. Huh. And both Johnny and Leonardo were at the club, allegedly at the club, the night that it uh. happened. So in this TikTok I saw, it went back to he went the, the guy and I was I'm so 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 sorry I don't know who this is and I I did try to refind it but I'm I'm not that tech savvy on TikTok to be able to do it unfortunately if I do find it again in the future we will credit them in the future a hundred percent but um, he kind of went on to say that there was an interview a couple of weeks before with River Phoenix and someone had asked him about what um what's the next kind of movie that you want to do and he said i'm reading something at the moment called the basketball diaries that i'm really really interested <gasps> in doing now at the time apparently river and leo were going for a lot of the same roles oh and eventually as we know leo got the role in the Basketball Diaries, a movie that I saw at the cinema when it came out because I was obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio, but I could not tell you anything about that movie. I have no memory of what it's about. So the conspiracy theory part is like that they were at the club. Apparently, River's girlfriend has said that he was not taking drugs that night. Um, and so there's conspiracy whispers that I'd never heard before. So this could just be this random person just making up stuff. But yeah, I this just could be entirely but I just found it kind of interesting that they were like uh that Leo and Johnny slipped River some stuff 
a cocktail of stuff in his drink. Now, I can't imagine that they would actually do that over movie roles. That's why I think it's I would completely be very a load of bullshit personally. But it was just a really kind of like I had no idea. I knew that Johnny Depp was there and I knew that it was at the Viper Room. Um, I remember mm. it happening. I remember it was Johnny Depp's club. He owned it at the time or was a part owner at the time. And I remember it being quite a thing. And I remember there being some kind of element of Johnny Depp kind of feeling like it was his responsibility, like that he had done something or it was his responsibility because it happened at his club. I remember that kind of thing. But this is the first time Mm. I've ever heard any kind of allegation. Wow. Yeah, crazy, huh? Crazy. Yeah, I think that's it's way too far fetched for me. Not accurate. Fascinating. Yeah. But I don't believe well, it. I've never even heard that Leonardo DiCaprio was there when it happened. Yeah, and all of this sounds completely it's all new. It's all new news. Yes, I think so too. But huh. I, I just found it interesting that, that um it kind of relates to our movie. It really does. Mm. The other thing that we found huh. out recently, and I know I sent it to you, and this I can actually, its all, this is all TikTok news, guys, news we've learnt from TikTok. And this was from um, Hello Taffy on TikTok. And she, mm-hmm. t- she does little series, and I think I'm pretty sure I've sent you some of her series before. Of She does, yes. like, people who have dated, and, like, she did a really good one on um, Ben and Jen. And and ah. she's so she'd done one on Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder. Now this is ah, when we discovered yes. that she was only like seventeen when she was dating Johnny, and he was twenty nine thirty. There was like a ten year age gap, yeah. I think, which I did not know before you. Sent no, me this I always felt they were the same age. I was. Startled, and that's why at the top of yeah. the podcast, when you you um, said Juliet Lewis's age, and Johnny was yes, that thirty, was about 20. and he, was, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. Johnny's got a thing for the younger ladies because apparently Kate Moss was only twenty three, and he was like thirty three when they were together too. Yes. And in my teenage mind, when this was all happening in pop culture, and I loved Johnny Depp and um, Kate Moss together. Mm. That was my first kind of Johnny Depp moment. I, I didn't really find out he was with Winona until a couple of years after the fact. I think I was a little bit too young. But yep. Johnny and Kate Moss were a big deal in my head. And I always just assumed they were the same age. Maybe because he looks young same. or yeah. she being a supermodel, I felt that she was older than just being 23 or like it was early 20s. Both. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was a little bit startled by that yeah. when I got that information. Totally thrown. Because, yeah, as a teen at the time when all of those relationships were happening and just watching – and celebrity gossip was different before the internet. Like it was out there. Um, there was there was Like it was a time of a lot of paparazzi and it was the magazines that were really producing all yeah. of that gossip. But it moved slower – and I think publicists still had a lot more control over that mm. celebrity gossip. So I didn't know any of that. But even with that level of control over celebrity gossip, Johnny Depp 
pre basically pre his sort of disnification and pre becoming a really big bankable star with Pirates of the Caribbean, when he was still more of that indie intense actor, he was known for having a, a, a history of being volatile. Yeah, and it was and it was interesting to me and. It, and when I say interesting, I mean like it was extremely irritating when he was accused of domestic violence by his now former wife, Amber Heard, that people, a lot of fans reacted as if it was entirely shocking that Johnny could do that and that he definitely couldn't do it. Uh, I'm sorry, but it's extremely easy to find evidence of when he's been arrested for assaulting security guards and the time he had to like he was ordered to pay ten thousand dollar costs because he trashed a hotel room when he was dating Kate, Kate Moss, Moss yeah. and, and loads of stories and I will link to a people article from 1994 which has a story from what's it in Gilbert Grape and so it was published at exactly the time when that this movie came out stories of him being difficult, being volatile, being arrested, being violent and chaotic whenever he's drunk and celebrity friends just saying, oh, well, that's just Johnny being Johnny and just fully apologising for Mm. it. So, Kate, what will we be watching next? Well, I noticed I was looking at the list of films that we've covered so far and I noticed that we've we've really – we haven't gone – any further back in time than the early 90s. Okay. The oldest movie we've ever watched was was Strictly Ballroom 1992 and this ah, was 1993. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm not changing that. We're going to watch Get Out. Ah, yes. <laughs> I've been dying to see this and I've held off because I know that I we know. have discussed that we will do it on the podcast at one point and it was actually just kind of like a game to see who was going to get to pick it first. Yeah. So it was one or the other. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I just I yeah, I'm I'm ready. I really want to rewatch it. It's time. So yeah, no, 2017. We're not we're not yet. Maybe we will get. I'm sure we will get earlier than the the early 90s at some point, but it won't be next yeah. week. No. Great. Awesome. No. Well, I look forward yeah. to it. Thanks for listening everybody. You can find us online. We're on Instagram as You Watched What. We're on TikTok. Uh, our website is youwatchedwhat.net. You can email us in at <laughs> youwatchedwhatpodcast at gmail.com. Email us in any questions, corrections, thoughts, feelings, any suggestions for future movies. We'd love to hear from you. We really would. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.